Welcome to Fated, a podcast brought to you by Magella and Carly, two romanticy obsessed readers who believe that great books must include declarations of undying love and deep thrusts of desire. Diving into the spicy, smutty fantasy genre, we are here for both the rattling of stars and headboards, and our podcast starts with the worlds of SJM, but delves into other realms. Did we mention that washboard abs and wands of all kinds are welcome in this inclusive and magically charged space? No topic is off limits, and no one is forced to have only one favorite heroine. Welcome to Fated, where we are unabashedly and wholeheartedly hot and heavy for spicy fantasy fiction. It's time to sit down and smut up. Warning, spoilers ahead. Hi, welcome to Fated. My name is Magella. And I'm Carly, and we are pumped to be back for part two of our deep dive conversation about The Fourth Wing. We were so excited and couldn't shut up about this book, so we had to split this into two episodes because there's still so much that we need to cover. But before we do, we have to always check in to see what each other's reading to inspire each other and our audience. So Magella, has anything changed overnight since our last (laughs) catch-up? What are you reading now? Actually, it has. Um, I uh, succumbed to a video on TikTok, which I think usually what I do is I put those videos on my saved list, like my to-be-read saved list. But I think I was just in that mood where I was really ready for a new book and wanting something that felt like it could match the fourth wing iron flame kind of energy that we're currently in um and this person was basically said all the magic words you know it's it's i think it's actually better than iron flame and all these people had raved about it and i just basically went straight to kindle and bought it never heard of it before it's called powerless by my god what is her name you know on kindle you can't see the um you can't see the title all the time yeah. hold on yeah. wait cover powerless by lauren roberts oh. hunted hunter destined for each other Ooh. so i feel like i started reading it and it was easy to jump into it feels a little bit like hunger games there's like elite okay. and um the ordinaries is all i know so far and there's and the elites have magic and the ordinaries don't okay. um and there's royals and there's separations of the tiers of society and the heroine has skills but lives like an ordinary apparently anyway so i'm in i'm Ooh. in like Ooh. flynn i started it last night it was already up to like chapter 17. Okay. Um, so That's i feel awesome. like maybe the hype could be worth it. like it was just so great to go in and really just like the writing again. Like it just felt like I, the dialogue felt realistic. You know, it was well-paced. They used words that were bigger than three letters. You know, it just felt really, um, I was like, this, this has promise. So. By Lauren Roberts. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Never heard of it. Apparently it's one of three. Okay. Book three. No, one of three. Oh, this one is book three. one. Yeah, right. I think two have been released. Okay. So again, I will have to wait for a third 
So we th- how fantasy are we thinking this is? More of that sort of Hunger Games end of the continuum than... Yes, it doesn't feel like it's going to have dragons and other realms. It feels more like it's set in that kind of human sort of environment, mm-hmm. but Earth environment, but maybe in a different timeline. Love it. Yeah. I, love that you, I love that. I love seeing you excited about a book because it's been a week or so um, of mourning, grief, processing and being... Ooh, I think it's been two weeks. I think it was the back-to-back of Assassin's Blade and Iron Flame, those two together because both of them have such big, um, I guess, story arcs but also such awful heartbreak. Yep. Um, I can't say any more because Kylie hasn't finished... <laughs> Iron Flame. Um, so at the bit to finish. <laughs> it just, I do feel like I really had that. Um, yeah. Not even that I wanted to be back in their world, but that I just actually needed time to grieve and put myself back together after <laughs> losing people. Um, or it not sounds even... so dramatic, but it's true. <laughs> it's just how we feel, and we're allowed to feel our feelings, aren't we? <laughs> Well, you're a therapist, um, Carly, so I feel like you've just given all of us, myself and our listeners, permission to really... Absolutely. It's still real. You know, we talk about, when we talk about grief, <laughs> um, it's about the time spent with someone, not so much like how close they were. Like, you know how we grieve people that maybe, you know, are actors in our favourite TV shows and they pass. We think, why am I so affected? Because I didn't even know the person. But if you spent a lot of time watching them and being in their, you know fantasy world it will affect you and it's the same with our books when we spend hours reading and spending time with some of these series we spend time with these characters for you know weeks or months or years so totally allowed all feelings are welcome we're allowed to feel our feelings um so I love that I really love seeing you sparkling again and you're like yes I'm into a new book that's so fun that's so fun and as Magella said I am still in Iron Flame and loving it I've really hit my stride um but yes again time poor so jumped into bed last night and read quite a bit more and uh loving it just loving it so much still just adoring all the twists and turns and all the characters so that's pretty cool but could you share with me as well yesterday Magella sent me a little quiz a fourth wing quiz to do which I immediately put down everything I was doing and did because it was the most important thing for me to do at that time in my day <laughs> to find out was it find out which quadrant yeah so meaning? what I guess um if you're not familiar with what that means it just means which kind of category you would go into in that community of Navarre Navarre Navarra how do we say that? Well, I say Navarre because I hear Canadians and Americans say it on podcasts, but I don't okay. know Navarre. 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 That sounds like we're trying to make it sound like Tajay, like a fancy version of it. Like it's this real bogan town and we've just turned it into like, you know, Bougieville. Uh, we're going to Navarre. Navarre. That's right. We're readers. Um, so anyway, you, you do this test. And it will tell you which, which quadrant you're in, rider or a healer or a scribe. Um, or I didn't even know infantry was a quadrant. Yeah, no, I but anyway, I also, I did it straight away and sent it to Carly being like, you've got to do this. And um, what did you get, Carly? I got infantry 
And I think the main reason I didn't get Ryder, which of course we all want because that's the fourth wings focused on the Ryder's quadrant. Um, I think I got that because uh, apparently I'm terrified of heights and that's not great when you're riding dragons. No. So I'm in infantry. I'm at the coalface doing the daily <laughs> battle. I don't have the glamour and the fame of the riders, but that's okay. You And you probably will live slightly longer. Probably. You know, a few weeks at least. Um, I got rider, which was great. Um, but, but I do feel like, you know, I was, you know, in my mind, I was like, it was interesting doing the quiz because I was like, Violet's a writer and I feel like she would want to go and read a book right now. But I feel like that would be the scribe's answer because scribes would want to read all the time. And I was oh. just like, which one do I want to do? Um, so I feel like I did what I would want to do. Um, I would have been equally as okay with scribe actually now thinking about it. I, I just don't like the idea of being underneath the ground all the time. Oh. In these... But you're not getting you know, there's no attempts on your life every day. And, like, and they have to sign all the time. Are they, they not allowed to talk? Yeah, they are. But just um, Jessina, Jessenia, I can't say it. She's deaf. So that's why. And I, I think I didn't mention this in the last episode, but I really loved how representative this book was of things like that. So um, Jessenia is deaf. And we've got gender fluidity throughout it. And it's not made a big deal of, it's not really highlighted, but, you know, there's people in there with different pronouns. Rhiannon is, I think, bisexual. Like, you know, I love, I did love how that just was, it just seamlessly kind of was written into the story. It's like, this is the norm. So, yeah. But, yes, um, and I'm sure I could find a Zayden equivalent in the scribe quadrant and the infantry quadrant. So I'm going to just have a little uh, fantasy about that. So. I loved it. Thank you for sending me that fun stuff. This is the mature stuff us 40-plus-year-old women said. I will obviously put it in the show notes so that you too can do it and then tell us which quadrant you're in. All, all quadrants are welcome. <laughs> we need we need all the pieces of the puzzle. And that was from, was that from Red Tower Books, who's the publisher? Of- um, I found it in a, I'm in a Facebook group, um, which is so respectful. It's actually crazy being in this Facebook group which is one of the largest about fourth wing, which obviously now it is kind of more about just the series. But um, for two weeks, I told Carly this, for two weeks after the release of Iron Flame, mm-hmm. the moderators um, removed any posts that were about Iron Flame um, just because they didn't want people to have anything spoiled. So they had said, we're not accepting any posts or talk or you know, theories or anything, especially not spoilers about Iron Flame, because we need to give people a chance to read it. Two weeks seems like, uh, you know, obviously two weeks may not be enough time for some people who, because it is a large book, but it's a it's a reasonable amount of time that the people yeah. who are going to read it quite quickly would have the chance to do that. Um, and then even now, though, anyone who posts about it, you, they put it, they say like iron flame spoilers and then they do all these dashes or emojis so that you ca- the oh, body of the message isn't visible. So if you even if you're just scrolling through the group, you yeah. just see that it's a spoiler post and that... I love it. You know, it's so great. Yeah, and so it just means that there's no fear that you... So you can go in there and read fourth wing comments and posts if you want to. Um, and even people who comment in a fourth wing post about an iron flame 
they will do the same thing within the comment. So it will say, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk about Iron Flame here, you know, spoiler. And so it, the comment itself is hidden except for, so you know. I love that so much. When you told me about that, I was like, that is so clever and so kind. I love that. Yeah, it's so respectful too because everyone's really mindful of the reader experience that, the, you know, the best feeling is the first read-through. Mm. And so no one wants to take that away, but the people are also so desperate to talk about what has happened that like they need the outlet, but they also want it to be. It's so, I I personally find it really hard to not talk as I'm going through a book. And yeah, so my girl, my best friend just finished it yesterday on audio. I I said, how much petrol did you buy this? Like the last, you have smashed through it on audio. I think it's like 20 hours or something. And she's like, yeah, I offered to go pick up the kids from every activity and like so she could listen to it. But then, you know, she was like, where are you up to? I'm like, thank you for asking because I am only three quarters full. A full. Three quarters full. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well, much. You're going to get more filled and, <laughs> uh, and other things. <clears throat> All right. So we know what we're reading. That quiz was fun. And I thought I'd share a little fun thing that I did yesterday because I was procrastinating on doing some work. Um, I went on to Etsy. And I bought some new stickers for my Kindle. My Kindle needed a little refresh. I don't know if you've got stickers on yours, but I love to decorate mine. Um, And so I went and went on to Etsy and I like to support Australian businesses wherever I can. And this is a beautiful little um, Australian business. I'm just going to do a little shout out. I'm not, we're not sponsored. She knows nothing about us, I don't think. Um, But the site or the shop is called Salty Reads, S-A-L-T-I. Salty reads all one word, and she's got some really great uh, fourth wing stickers. So I got and and other stickers. So I got one that says, "I don't watch porn. I read it like a fucking lady." <laughs> <laughs> and I got one that says, "Save a dragon, ride a Z- ride Zayden or something like that." Yeah. Um, and another one that's like Zaddy, which is you know Zayden's nickname. <clears throat> zaddy so just a bit of fun little stickers supporting an aussie business thought i'd give that a shout out if you like me and you like to have a pretty kindle um so yeah we'll put that in the show notes as well might send some love her way all right are you ready are you ready yes i am ready i also want to say that i feel like yesterday when i was discussing fourth wing that i feel like maybe i held back a little in my excitement because it's almost like the the high while reading the book was so intense and the low afterwards was crippling that it's almost um like a self-preservation to not like get into that same state again like I just was thinking because I reread a few of the scenes yesterday you know knowing we were going to talk about specific things and it just it and I think this is what is happening, especially in this Facebook group, which I watch, where like they are literally like putting together like fan casts of, you know, who's going to play all these characters. And then like, you know, someone will post a photo of a very good looking man and be like, this is what I feel like Zayden would look like. And then these just, there's all these like, you know, water emojis and like waterfall memes. <laughs> and, and then, you know, people kind of coming and commenting, being like, is it concerning that we are responding like this 
is there an actual man that looks like this? Because often it's AI art, you know, they're putting yes. together the depiction and it's impossibly good looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then someone will be like, no, I found this like Puerto Rican model who is like literally the depiction. And you're, and I'm like, wow, that is really, that, that man is, is like a god. But <laughs> this fever pitch of that same kind of energy of um, that just out of reach but there's this tiny part of you that believes it could be possible the same as when you see a boy band and have mm-hmm. that same feeling you know i mean now it will not now but like one direction and, and that kind of thing but back in our day it would have been in sync and backstreet yep. boys and backstreet boys. all those kind of things and even just like individual pop stars you know where it's this and the same way when you have that kind of impossible crush where it becomes like a fever dream feeling that's what's almost happened like the way that she's written it it's it's he's implausibly incredible like on on all these levels like ticks all the boxes that it becomes this uh, it's so it feels like this um like the possibility is so small, but it's there. Like it yeah. could be possible. And I feel like it, it creates this, um, like maybe not creates, but taps into a yearning that's already within us um, and gives it this tangible outlet of I can focus my energy on this character or this situation mm-hmm. or and I can sort of put myself in, Violet's shoes and imagine what it would be like. And I think that uh, I had contained that after, like, <laughs> when I reread, I just opened up yeah. that feeling again of, like, holy moly. And I get the same feeling with some of the characters in Akatar and Throne of Glass where um, they that beautiful um, melding of, um, like, warrior and impossible strength and... I will lay down my life for you, but also I am, you know, in awe of you and I will treat you like a goddess and I will worship you. And also I'm kind of like your best friend and we're going to have great banter. Um, Mm. And also I'm going to call you out on your shit. um, So I'm going to hold you accountable because I have integrity. So it's just like, oh, and by the way, I'm also like six foot six and I am dripping with abs and I have velvet skin and like silky smooth hair and I smell like wood smoke, leather and, you know, cinnamon sugar, (laughs) which no one has done that combination, but I think it sounds good. Let's note that one down for the next novel we write. Um, Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole episode on the parasocial relationship that happens so that I don't know if you've researched that, but I've done a bit of research into the parasocial relationship when we feel so invested and like we are literally in relationship with characters or and fictional characters on TV, in movies, celebrities that we've never met, um, and, and of course in our books. It's a, whole, it's a very interesting topic. But, okay, so you, today what you're saying after all of that is that you're going to bring a little <laughs> bit more passion to this today which I think you were fine yesterday and amazing more like unrestrained lust yes (laughs) great because we're going to be talking about Zayden and and the sizzling scene so do we want to start there because you're just like fired up um yeah I mean I think we could definitely 
start there or we could jump into signets or we could i mean i don't think we should lead with liam because i feel like well we could get that out of the way the sadness of liam well do how about we do what happens in the rest of the story and then we loop back (laughs) and we make sure we cover off the signets within that as well and then we have a whole section on satan and chapter 32 and 34 30 32 and 30 anyway so I think, I think, and I'm going to really need you to guide me here because, as I said, I've lent out my copy and you have it on Kindle. Yes, but, I um, We kind of left last yesterday's episode around the time they were sent to the outpost, Athabin, I think it is, uh, as a part of like a challenge, but really it was a, they were sent to die. The hope was that they would not return, right? Yes, Sent there by the colonel, who is the and the, I guess he's kind of the the leader on the top of the pyramid, and he has his he has bonded to the only other black dragon, who uh, allegedly is the only dragon more powerful than Tarn. Mm. So he, he in itself he poses the biggest threat to everyone's if he is bad like he poses the biggest threat because he's obviously the leader of um, Navarre and you would assume that he has the citizens' best interests at heart. Um, But as we find out towards the end of the book, he was the one. Oh, and isn't he Dane's father? Yeah, Colonel Atos, yeah. So Dane, we talked about yesterday, Dane, that we, there was a lot of disdain about Dane. Um, Yes, Dane's father, absolutely. Works alongside Violet's mother, the General Sorengale. So he tricked them by sending them, yeah, on this challenge where he really didn't want them to come back. And he sent them, so it was Violet and all of the children of the rebellion with the relics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about the relics too, I guess. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I found that interesting that they were branded. So a relic is a tattoo that they've got or a mark on their neck, which they were branded with um, so that everyone would know that they were the children of their enemy. Um, but it actually um, gives them this secret power in a way in that if they gather together, um, the colonel can't, is it the colonel? Who can see what happens in battle? Remember how like there's that, person yes one of the one of the higher up leadership oh i can't remember his name but it's not the colonel right it's someone else or it is the colonel and that's why he's the leader of everyone let me check you keep going and i'll check that what happens is that this man in power which i think is colonel atos um he can see when people gather he can see what the outcome of that is so he can see the outcome of every battle except for the um children of the rebellion the um because the relics when they the relic marks when they get together it prevents him from seeing what happens which is why they are not allowed to gather in groups of more than three um because obviously three can be contained even if they don't know what's going to happen if three of them get together um it's not enough to be a battle that will have dire consequences Whereas, you know, say a hundred of them got together, you know, anything's possible. 
Um, so this this tattoo marks them as people to be, you know, kind of watched and separate, but it also gives them this ability to uh, fly under the radar, literally, of um, this guy, um, which I think is a really interesting thing because that's how they all gather and that's how they can, um, you know, uh, do things without being suspected. I think it was Mel, I think it's Melgren. General Melgren is the commanding general of Navarre. Melgren has nothing but cold calculation in his beady eyes. He executed the rebellion leaders and his dragon created the relics on the marked ones. So I think he's, and he's the one. He's the one that can see the battles. Like he's the so. one. That- I can't see anyone else in this list that has that because this is a list of all their signets and stuff. Um. Yeah, so Colonel Atos is just the close advisor to Violet's mum. Yeah. Can I just say, like, it is it is quite the task to keep track sometimes of all the characters and their signets and what they can do and what they can't do. So hence why I love the people who put this on the internet and make it simple. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I mean, it is a large book as well and it has, like, mm-hmm. a lot of characters that do I guess, come in and are only there for a single scene or they're mentioned in passing or they don't make it, like they don't survive yeah. very long, so they're there and then they're gone. Um, yeah. So, and because there's, of, you know, there's multiple um, places in, in, in this land where, you know, there's kind of like the main kind of country realm um, mm-hmm. and then there's, you know, where the... Um, the uh, the enemy is yes. and you know, and and then there's other places where people have come from that aren't within that territory but are obviously still part of the yeah. world. And then we're also within within Navarre, within the college, and yeah, that realm. You've got all of these different tiers. We're talking about a military kind of establishment, and you've got the king, but then you've got the commanding general, and then the general and the general's advisor. And so it does get a little bit sometimes like who, what, um, and I yeah, I aspire to be someone who can just like annotate and make little um, flowcharts and and family trees. <laughs> but that's not me because some other people do that on the internet. So you can always go and Google like we just do sometimes. We're like, hang on. Let's have a look. So, so yes, they go out to the outpost. Melgren can um, see the outcomes of the battles, but he can't with these relic, with these, sorry, these marked marked ones is what they're also called in the book um, when they're gathered. So that's a great thing when they all gather towards the end to rebel. It is. So I was like, yes. And um, it, it well, it's yeah, it can be challenging to like traversing plot lines where time jumps happen, mm-hmm. um, and when you're reading across multiple books, to know because they do some flashbacks as well. Yeah. So hence why we we're like if we accidentally say something about the next book, like apologies, we do our very very best. Exactly. I don't think it'll be anything major, but it might be a tiny little flashback incident that we've stuffed up or something like that. Yes. But what happens? We need to keep because we've got we're already at twenty six minutes. What right. happens at the outpost? So they get attacked. Yes, by well, actually, did, didn't we talk about how? Firstly, the um, the 
Griffin writers turn up. No, let's um, do that. And well, these people that they have been told are their enemy are actually working with the rebellion. And so that's when Violet finds out that Zayden's been supplying them with weapons to fight um, the enemy. The, which is actually like the, I guess the, what's it called? Like the communal enemy, like the one that we're all going to fight against in the end. Yeah. Um, but there's a sense of betrayal. And I mean, it's a theme within both books is that Violet always feels like Zayden is holding things back from her and not telling her either the truth at all or the whole truth, um, which, um, again, you do find out why. Um, and, but like this, the theories about that were also really great in the fourth, before Iron Flame came out, people were like, it's because like, this is going to be Zayden's signet and he can actually like stop time. And so he's already met Violet 10 years ago and, and, <laughs> and Imogen, cause Imogen can wipe memories. So Imogen has gone and wiped like all the memories of her and Zayden together. And it's why Zayden keeps saying, you know, I've known you forever yeah. because, you know, and I mean, the thing with these theories is that people put so much time and energy and effort into creating them. So they, they look through the book, they, you know, they're picking out anything that could be foreshadowing. They're taking single sentences or an offhand comment, or even like, um, at this, in the, in the fourth wing, you know, there's all those little chapter headings and it says like, this has been, this was a correspondence like discovered by blah, blah, blah. Or this was a letter between this, or this was translated by someone. And so people have taken all these things, meaning that that person died and that's why we're reading their correspondence or, you know, this person is actually, you know, not who you think they are and they've done this. And, um, but this, 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 the theories are so incredible that I, and I think we discussed this, but it's almost like, I feel like if you were the author, you would not want to read any of these because what if they're better than what you planned for the book? Like some of them, I'm just like, this is definitely what's going to happen because this is, she has nailed it. This, this theory is like, I don't even need to read the next book now because I know it's going to happen. It's going to be this and this and this and this, because like, look at this evidence and this is incredible. But yeah. I read a lot of those fourth wing theories and they didn't happen in Iron Flame. Okay. You know, I, and I was still like jaw on the they floor, heart stopped, shock. Okay. Okay. Enough, <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Um, but yes, so the Griffin writers turn up. Violet has a sense of holy crap because she's been obviously taught that these guys are a threat and are dangerous i think she's behind the rock actually having a good old patch with zaddy daddy zaddy baby when they turn up and then he puts his shadows because his signet is shadows around and he looks at her and says i'm sorry i can explain or something like that and then the shadows disappear and there's you know the they're, they're his posse they're people working with him but she yeah she's like what have you actually brought me here to betray me? Because she's the only one there without a mark. Um, so there's a, that that whole scene's quite cool. I love that scene. It's quite dramatic, and you're just like, oh my god, what's happened? Is he actually bad? Is he evil? And this is a great way that um, Rebecca leads us through these stories and keeps us engaged. 
so that happens and he's like no they're friends we're yeah we're giving them weapons we're all in on this um and this has to happen and then what happens and they're doing all that that's when the venom attack so the wives only appear and that's when we're first introduced to these um you know kind of in a way mythical uh, like um they didn't i don't think they they she had read about them as a scribe because she's so well read but well in her dad's book her dad had taught her about them as well but i think she had read or is that so so with a venom like not real as in like no one was acknowledging they were real in Nevere, but she had got that book from her dad that showed the wyvern and the venom and that's how she knew she knew but she thought it was a fairy tale like a story like a yeah she just thought it was like a a mythical fairy tale um because no one in her world had ever confirmed that that was true and obviously we now know like we know why because they don't want people past the border to know yes and so what a venom is is horrible um basically it's a person who instead of channeling magic through a dragon essentially draws magic up out of the earth and but the problem is the 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 power they're channeling because instead of it being through one being this is my how i interpret this instead of being through one being like one dragon it's like you are you are able to tap into the energy of the infinite earth and you can't contain it and so it's basically it sort of drives you mad like the you want more and you keep taking more but you can't actually handle more and so the way they talk about venoms is like you know they've got red eyes and their veins are like coming out of their like it's it's like they're being eaten from within by this awful power but i don't think the actual power is evil i think that the way they're trying to take more like it puts things out of balance like they're taking more power than should be allowed and so that's why they have this kind of host energy where it's like they're coming in to take everyone's power like they're trying to take from they're going to take over the land they're trying to take over they're trying to control and so they're very hard to kill and they ride wyverns which are like dragons but have two legs instead of four um but venom control the wyvern so if you kill one venom you kill all the wyvern that they are controlling. So if they're controlling 10 wyvern, they also die as when you kill the venom. Yeah. And so they're very hard to kill, but they can be killed by lightning, which coincidentally is Violet's signet. So she, in the middle of this fight, you know, people die, Liam being one of them, as he tries to protect her from, so in the middle of this fight, he's trying to protect her because that's what he's meant to do. And his, um, dragon gets injured and unfortunately as as um has been told like a rider can't survive without their dragon so when his dragon dies even though liam is not injured he also just dies with his dragon and violet and she can't save him but somewhere in there as well and dana does a time thing and that's where we work out that her little golden dragon can stop time. Mm. And she does that because. Is that when um, Violet then gets back after losing Liam, gets back onto Tan and is fighting on the back of Tan. And she gets hit or something and she's going to die. And so they stop time. 
and that really drains Andana, her energy, but she does it and saves them all. Yeah. I can't, I need to reread it. I've got like, I'm like, ah, there's so much and it's really uh, detailed scene. So there's a lot going on. It is all kind of overshadowed by Liam's death because it's a, he's a, he's a main character. He like, yeah. isn't like, he's in that very inner circle of characters that, you know, you think are probably safe. Um, but also yeah. he's just such a good guy and he yeah. was written, you know, lots of people were like, I liked Liam more than Zayden, you know, like he, he ticks a lot of those, Romantic. I think he was more he was more affable and likable and like less hard and jovial. Like he was softer than Zayden. But again, I'm like Zayden needs to be who he is. He's he's he is who he is. I'm not going to give you. Zayden's not great. Like you don't know, you don't need to convince me. Zayden, chef's kiss. I just go in. I just go into like, but Zayden. No, but I think that's why we did. We're like, oh, Liam. He's lovely. He, he was amazing. And look, obviously still a murderer and like a warrior, but yeah, him and, him and Violet had a really beautiful relationship. So yeah, that was really, you're right. It was a big scene, lots going on. And you're also then just like reeling, reeling at Liam's death. Like, did she just kill him off? Yeah. Or is there going to be some magic that comes in in a moment and saves him and resurrects him? And then you're just like, no, no. No, he's still dead. He's still dead. He's still dead. And I think there is that, you know, there's that feeling even in Iron Flame where it's like, could they bring him back? Will they bring him back? Is it possible um, that he is brought back? Um, well, you know. Have you got up? Other people get brought back. That So okay. you have got to that point That's where other, someone else has re-emerged. I think you can say that because so many people die that people will be like, oh, it doesn't really give too much away. But yeah, someone came back that I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So Liam dies. She does save the day and like, you know. She's injured. She's very much gravely, gravely injured. And so Zayden takes her to the the only person that can save her, Amenda, not a healer. Mm. Amenda is like a I, you know, like what I, I, how I interpret that as a mender is someone who can put back things that are, um, you know, almost past repair, whereas a healer can only heal the body to its sort of natural capacities. Like what would, you know, whereas a mender is almost like, oh yeah, your head's chopped off. I'm just going to mend that back together. Like I'm, yeah. I'm putting things back together that potentially shouldn't be possible. <laughs> so he, Zayden, obviously, because Violet can't die goes to the only mender that he knows and that is accessible, who happens to be her brother, Brennan, who died. Who's dead. What? He's dead. (laughs) But he's not. No. He's gone to the good side. Yes. Which you only are realising now at the end of the book that it is the good side because for the first half of the book you're thinking that's the bad side. You know, you don't want want those people to get in control of – you know, um, the weaponry and take over and they're going to do terrible things. Um, yeah. So and it was definitely a plot twist. There. She was unconscious for days, right? And so Zayden's look like just hasn't left her side, the old classic, you know, we all love a man that 
stuff the rebellion and the revolution and whatever else needs to happen. I'm going to be by my side, by the side of my lady while she's unconscious. And I'm going to tell her I love her, even though she can't be all that beautiful stuff that we love in those scenes. And she opens her eyes and sees him, but she opens her eyes and there's still that yeah deep level of mistrust and anger and confusion about what the heck is going on. And then the door opens and Brennan is there. There's a lot for Violet to take in, in that last bit of the book. And it ends with Brennan saying, welcome to the revolution. Like, and then that that's it. It just ends. It's so cool. Yeah. And that's why you see on TikTok all the people reading the last pages and literally their draw dropping. Jaw dropping. And just, yeah, pretty cool. And so I didn't see that coming. A lot of people did foresee that, that Brennan would be alive and Brennan would come back. And I didn't. And I love that I didn't because I was really, really shocked and surprised. Um, so that's sort of the last bit of the book. So let's talk about Zayden because there's, there's how are we feeling? How do you feel about Zayden? Um, I feel like he is, again, it, it is like a fever dream kind of feeling where he is impossibly, um, in, incredibly perfect, but not perfect, which makes him perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that unfortunately if you had described him as of average height, you know, with like um, surprising strength, but like he had a beer belly and, you know, like he had a bit of a hook nose or something and his hair was receding. Like it just, a big part of it is the physicality of him. Like there is this, you know, um, of course, the strength of that, but also the, that he just, because when you read, you get to conjure the image yourself. So you imagine you know, someone who's so strong but has these kind eyes or, like, has, like, that cheeky grin but has, like, perfect teeth and it gives you that, like, swooping feeling in your stomach that, you know, you used to get when you see, like, a Dolly cover model when you're 14, mm. you know, and you're just like, this man is so pretty, he's so perfect, like, as in, like, he has less hair than I do, like, that, how is that possible? And I think that as you age, like, you move away from wanting that sort of, I guess boy, boy looks and you are wanting a man. Like there's a real primal, like the, the romanticy genre, I think really taps into that primal mm. um, kind of warrior um, slash driven by heart and also yep. the overwhelming lust. Like it, the, the lust is so hard for them to, manage that they're constantly like biting their lips and like hissing and yep. like clenching their fists like with restraint jaw, and jaw ticking exactly you know like or yep. he like lazily looks her up and down you know oh. while kind of like holding his breath yeah. <laughs> exactly and so it's like that aspect as well sort of you know is that it's it is the primal but it's also that it's it, it's, I guess, what it, what women want. Or, I mean, any human wants to be so lusted after that the person is almost um, uncontrollable in their yeah. lust. Yeah. And then the honour is that they have restraint. Like, it's just like I am fighting every cell of my being to, like, not launch myself at you and ravish you, but I need to wait to show that I respect your boundaries. But you're also mine and no one else. 
is ever going to have you, which in real life would be incredibly toxic. But in books is like, yes, I want you to want me to be yours, right? And you're mine. And that's, and it really does speak to like, the, I, I want this masculine man with an, with actually a great uh, level of emotional intelligence too. And Zayden has that. He's actually really self-aware of who he is and what he can offer and what he can and his faults and his flaws. And, and he's also obviously in a position of power and knows things that he can't share with her just yet. But he just, there's this real solidness to him. Like, I'm going to be here and you do love me. And he says that at the end, like, even though you don't trust me right now and shit's hit the fan, you do love me. And so at some point you're going to give me, you know, those words again, you'll say that again. So there's some solidness in like, it just is, you're mine and I'm yours and this is happening. And there's slow burn, right? It takes a long time for there to be any physicality between them, two of them, even though it felt like there already was with their banter um, and how they were around each other. But let's talk really maybe briefly or maybe at length about <laughs> the scene where they, so they can sense and feel what their dragons are feeling. And so they're bonded to Tan and Sigel who are mated together. And so when those dragons get jiggy with it, Violet and Zayden can feel that. <laughs> can you imagine being like, oh my God, overrun with a dragon's lust and also finding Zayden so freaking hot, like the most beautiful man you've ever seen in your life that you absolutely want to tear his clothes off and go to town. And they run into each other, of course, on that night outside. Yeah. And then one of my favourite things that happens in these books is when they're trying to resist it and then they, one of them says, fuck it, and they just, they just go for it and they make out. I don't think they have sex in that scene, but they make out. No. And I think I did watch this. Uh, I saw this um, text exchange between two friends who were, well, one had already read Fourth Wing and, and her friend was reading it and her friend was like sending her text updates and stuff. And she wrote something like, what is this polyamorous foursome with like dragon? <laughs> like the way she described it, she was just like, this is so unhealthy. Like what the actual, oh, like, it's you, know, fantasy, are, mate. It's fantasy. you know, it was just really funny, but it is like, it is a, um, so hot. A, a, a wild concept as well to, you know, the, I mean, it's also like dragons so um, in love with each other and in lust is kind of like a, <clears throat> a beautiful kind of, thing to witness alongside Zayden and Violet's budding romance. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, well, their dragons are in it for life. Like they're together. So like this, this mm. is probably what's going to happen with these guys. Um, fated. It's fated. That's right. It's going to happen. But that was a really great scene. And I felt like it was worth the 200 and something pages before that to get that scene happening. Um, and again, you know, Zayden was very like, you know, these aren't your feelings, you know, quite <laughs> respectful, respectful in inverted commas. Um, but then I do, I love the fuck it trope. I love that. It's like, oh, I can't, I just can't resist these primal urges that I have. So they make out then. Now, one of the big steamy, spicy scenes is like 11 pages long. I can't remember. It's, I think it might be the next like chapter 32, you can look that up on your Kindle. But it's a lengthy scene. The one in the bedroom? Yeah. 
I feel like it's like 11 ish pages. I've been listening to people talk about it a bit lately. <laughs> They're just like, it's a long scene. It's great. It's in detail. It's fabulous. Let's just reread that one over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so that scene oh, is when she pretty much destroys her bedroom. Yeah. Yes. Well, they both destroyed in a way. And then they go to his one next time, I think. But, you know, if you hear people talking about the fourth wing and the armoire, <laughs> which in Australia would be like a chest, a, dressing, of a chest of drawers, a dressing table, like a dressing table. Yeah. A sideboard. But the armoire gets destroyed. Things get blown up because when she orgasms, shit gets destroyed. She like, channels the lightning. That's the, the lightning just, the windows blow out. <laughs> it's incredible. But also it goes well with his shadows because he can muffle it all. So yes. like he can actually it's like so hot again. mother the lightning if he needs to protect her. Like, you know, like, um, it's yeah. It's I mean, they've the sex scenes are, are really well written in that it doesn't feel like even though you know, that is not a sex scene that probably many people are ever going to have, you know, with lighting and shadows yeah. and like, you know, putting a sound barrier around the room so that no one can hear them and warding the doors so that no one can come in and being in a castle, you know, like, and being with someone who's so hot, like so incredibly hot. So um, great and skilled at what he does in bed. I mean, I feel like if you're that um in tune with your physicality though like how can you be a warrior who can move so well and has such great reflexes and then how could that not carry across how could it not to the bedroom like i mean wouldn't there just be a disconnect there wouldn't it just yeah, be like in real life it can but in, not in fantasy world no it must not that must not um and he's only young too like he hasn't no, probably had a lot of experience of course he has he's been having sex since he was like 14 for sure <laughs> i'm like where is that in the book oh no this is just my jealous <laughs> well you know like he would have developed early for sure you know he had to grow up really fast so like you know mentally he was probably just like you know he probably had lots of offers from like older women i think okay you know like he might have had to use his looks to stay alive right Okay. You know, like, well, however he's learnt it, he's doing very well at his age to yeah. understand a woman's body and how to respond and what to do and what she likes. Because it's working because she literally blows up the room around. Yes. Him. You okay. know what's really funny, though, is in this group when people were, like, putting all these photos of, like, what Zayden would look like in their mind and stuff, and then someone was, like, put in a photo of, like, an actual 23-year-old and was just, like, even a muscly, it was a muscly 23, but she's, like, Guys, you know, this is actually what a 23-year-old sort of looks like. You know, they are still pretty much children. You know, like, you know, we're imagining yeah. these like almost, you know, 40, you know, 35, 40, 40, like those really where you're right at the cusp of your king energy. Like you're yeah. really That's what I mean. Like in real life, this does not work in my brain. I would never. I would see a 23-year-old, even if they were good-looking, I'd be like, yeah, all right. But I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be experienced enough to do what I want in bed. Like 35, yes, potentially. But, yeah, it's fantasy, everyone. It's fantasy. This is why it's fantasy and it works and it's why 40-year-old women, 50-year-old women, 60-year-old <laughs> women are, are frothing. Um, okay, what else about Zayden do we need to say? <laughs> 
they won't step up. They give in to their urges. It's great. If you're wanting spicy scenes, they are the chapters 30, 32. I think if you just Google, like there's heaps of like best spicy scenes, like actual pages of spicy scenes. Chapter 12. Mild, 156 to 158. Chapter 20, mild, 243 to 245. Chapter 27, spicy, 313 to 3. You know what I mean? You can yeah. literally just go. People have done this for us. They have gone in Absolutely. and they have, like, found all of the spicy scenes, put a level next to them, page number, chapter, you know, yeah. off you go. And I, I'm doing that with Iron Flame at the moment. I've got some little sticky annotation notes. I never understood why people annotated and got into it, but I'm doing this because – for my, for our, I'm doing this for our listeners because I'm like, I need to be more prepared and have like go to this page and go to this page for this and this happens here and this is – so there's a lot of pink stickers already in my Iron Flame book. Um, great lines. Even lines, like it doesn't even have to be a sex scene. There can just be a line that's just like, oh, my God, that would just make your pants drop. Like just what? That is the sexiest line ever. So, Okay. We're at 51 minutes. So, Zayden, anything else? Hot. I think we've contained that. There is so much that happens in Iron Flame that is interesting to talk about certain things that have happened and or you've commented on something and I've been like, mm, interesting, I wonder if your opinion will change Yes. after reading certain scenes in Iron Flame. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I do think that... Um, that there is something that is also quite um, wholesome about the whole thing as well. Like even though there's lots of lust and, um, you know, he's powerful and she's kind of, you know, um, doing her own thing, together they have this, um, they're both driven by helping like and saving and, I mean, he kind of, says it or brushes it off like you know like i'm not a good person and or you know i i'm not kind like you are or those kind of things but if you look at his actions like he vouches for all of the rebellion children he's you know he 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 does the hard thing because not many other people will so that people will be safe or saved or um, will avoid punishment or um so i think there's this like together what underpins it as well is that they both want to do good in the world like they're not just kind of both out to try and survive or to get revenge or to just you know like have sex with each other and um or just even to have their own love story like the love story um has a little bit of angst and conflict because it can't well, for her, for Violet especially, it can't be more important than, you know, helping and saving people. Yeah. Whereas for Zayden, he's a bit more like, um, I, you are the sole purpose of my life. And I, if, I, if I can't be with you, then, you know, nothing else matters and the realms can be destroyed and it, it won't, you know, <laughs> that would be the right thing. You know, if you're not here, then there should be nothing. And that, I guess, is a little bit like that's how masculine and feminine can work because feminine is nurturing and wanting, you know, survival of our species. We've got to still, we can be lustful and devour each other, but we still need to make sure that people are going to live. Whereas the masculine can be very linear focused. Like, well, no, it's you and that's it. 
only you. And only yeah. you. That's interesting. I do think I really like how Fourth Wing kind of ended with they were together, but there was a little bit of conflict. But you have this feeling that it's going to last, but you still are not quite sure because mm-hmm. not that they're not going to last together, but just that will circumstances prevent it with, you know, they just can't build the trust necessary because Zayden can't reveal enough or Violet will have to choose between him or saving, you know, the people of Nevers or, mm-hmm. you know, will she have to um, sacrifice something so that their dragons can survive or <clears throat> so there's this, you know, less of a cliffhanger but this feeling of, oh, I really want them to survive, but I also don't trust the author enough to let me have a happy ending. And there's five books. So if they're together in the first book, like it can't just stay, they can't just be happily in love for five books because that would be boring. Or would it? Would it be boring? You know, like um, people are like, no, it would not be boring. Like we should definitely, they should just be in love and have hot sex all the time. And I am, I'm okay with that (laughs) because, you know, a lot of the theories at the end of fourth wing were that they will be end game, but that there will be a break in one of the books and that Violet being so young and, and, you know, obviously she's had past lovers. It's been talked about, but you know, that at some point there will be a love triangle. um, And there's a few people that have popped up in iron flame that could be potential for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that, you know, that in the third or fourth book that they won't be able to be together for some reason, like, you know, Zayden will die and she will have to bring him back with a time traveling thing, which, you know, because of Andana's power um, or abilities, you know, or that someone will be abducted. And, you know, so there's all these theories where it's like, this is, this, this will, like the fans are convincing ourselves, it will be okay in the end. But in the middle, yeah. obviously, it's okay if she has a love triangle, or you know, like, or if if she can't be with him because he's dead for for like a, a part of the book, I could be okay with that. As long as he's going to come back, then yeah. then we can proceed. You yeah. know, like I do think, and I've spoken about this before too, but I I just think there is a responsibility, and I don't know if there should be, but I think that when people become so invested in a character or a love story is there a responsibility by the author to not inflict trauma by taking that away? You know, like because of that book that went viral on TikTok where the author did kill off one of the main characters of the love story. So that like, it would be like Violet or Zayden dying, but permanently. Um, And I really, I'm really opinionated on this. I'm like, it's the author's art. It's their creation. They can do whatever they like. I t- but if you are so invested and they and the readers have given you this response of like we want we are with these characters and then you went and I mean people are the people of TikTok spoke like that author has basically been like yeah you you take what comes with it but at the end of the day if we do that then we we're telling authors that yeah they have to change other things like where does that end where does that I end understand, it's I license <laughs> I understand. I know you do. <laughs> but I do think that there will be like just a global mourning period if she kills off either of these characters. Like people will need therapy and 
Well, guys, my link is on the, uh, <laughs> on the show notes. Kelly's like, I didn't realize it was going to be such a benefit, a <laughs> romantic genre, but clearly people are going to become unhinged and unbalanced. And so there are a lot of intake forms that say, I need help processing the death of a Zayden. <laughs> That's a coincidence. Um, how funny. Don't even joke that. <laughs> Magella will be first in line. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we could again talk for longer, but... We've covered signets a bit. Do you want to cover any more of that? Like it's different signets and with the signets comes a mark. I don't, what was it called on like, so Violet then got finally, when she finally got her signet, which was late incoming, she got this incredible thing on her back. What did they call that? Hmm, I don't know. Mark anyway, on her back. Um, but their signets, and yeah, I guess now maybe I'm seeing some talk like there might be more. They might have more than one signet, which is interesting. But they've all got different signets. Some of them are classified in the fourth wing. You don't know, like they're not um, told to us or they're revealed later. But yeah, the main ones are Violet, Lightning Wielder, Zayden, Shadow. I always want to say Shadow Singer because that's. Isn't that Azriel? Yeah, Shadow Singer. <laughs> That's not right. Just shadows. Um, Dane can read minds when he touches people's temples. Imogen can erase memory. I'm trying not to reveal any that I've learned recently. Um, but they're the main ones, really. Melgren can see the outcome of battles. Uh, Violet's mum is Storms. Storms? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. You can Google all the signets. I think that's a fun thing too, like just a fun part of the book. Like, oh, what's their superpower going to be? What's their special thing that's going to be just for them? Um, and so, yeah, the thing with signets is that obviously shadow and lightning is very, very powerful together. And we now know that lightning can kill the evil venom. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's also like pretty badass. Uh, the book I just read badass. had the the heroine could um, channel control lightning as well. It's a, must be a kind of of the moment type. It's the, it's the trendy moment. A trendy superpower. You know? <laughs> Love it. So we covered that. We've done the end of the book. Um, any other, I've got a whole list of quotes and things here. Like if you go to, I just type in like fourth wing, quotes and it comes up with the Goodreads top quotes. There's so many good lines, so many good lines. Again, a, a thing for me when I read fantasy romance is just these, these lines that stop me in my track and I go back and have to reread them. Like it's so, they're so well worded. They're so powerful. They really hit home in whatever way. Um, so do you want me to pick a line today or have you got one picked out? No, no, you pick a line. Oh. While, While you're picking a line, I just yeah. want to read this description of Zayden that I feel like kind oh, of sums up. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> like why we're all obsessed with him. He's tall with windblown black hair and dark brows. The line of his jaw is strong and covered by warm, tawny skin and dark stubble. And when he folds his arms across his torso, the muscles in his chest and arms ripple, moving in a way that makes me swallow. And his eyes, his eyes are the shade of gold-flecked onyx. The contrast is startling, jaw-dropping even. Everything about him is. His features are so harsh that they look carved and yet they're astonishingly perfect. Like an artist worked a lifetime sculpting him and at least a year of that was spent on his mouth. 
But you see, like, it's like he gets a fair amount of coverage just to, like, you know, describe him. It's quite hilarious. I was on TikTok yesterday doing, I've done actually a little, go and follow us on TikTok. It's faded. And I did a little, <laughs> a little reel. What do you call it? A TikTok. A TikTok. Yeah. A um, and so I was looking for some fan art and it's I've cre- like it's credited on the, on the TikTok, but I was thinking the, just the amount of content on this character who's not real. Like I, I, it, he's so real to me that I don't know. I just find it so amusing that the hashtags for, for Zayden Rios are just astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who stumbled across that would be like, who is this guy? Oh, my God, he's a made-up person. Like he's got so such a following. <laughs> Quite phenomenal. Yeah, it's interesting. It is It is interesting This that she – I would love to – let's do an episode on like what makes a book viral because, you know, like the Twilight series, the um, Fifty Shades of Grey – I mean, if we're kind of sticking in that same kind of yep. um, genre, I mean, I feel like um, Harry Potter, again, same, but like maybe it's a little bit too early, whereas I feel like the others, like Twilight was a fanfic and Fifty Shades of Grey was also a fanfic, wasn't it? Like I think these were both yeah. people kind of writing about worlds that already existed um, but went more viral than the original world. And it's, it's, I just want to know, like, is it a timing thing? Like, is it that the world was primed over the last few years by, you know, Akatar and yeah, yeah. these kind of things? Or was it that regardless that <laughs> – or was it TikTok? Because it's not, it's not the same over on Instagram. Like, I know that I haven't – I don't spend much time on Instagram currently, but I don't – I don't – get sucked into an algorithm that is centered around romanticy or even books. I like, even though I, I like, you know, authors and I follow other um, readers, it hasn't populated in the same way that TikTok has kind of said, Oh, you watch two videos on like this book or like someone talking about a book or, you know, or did a little meme about a book. And suddenly it's just like, here is every other video about that book and, and you're like well I, I wasn't even sure about the book before but now I'm obsessed with it like obsessed you know and I, I, I don't know if that was me actually or the algorithm yeah um, the trending the trending audios yeah all of that yeah so um, interesting. okay I've noted that down for a future conversation and maybe I'll do a bit of research into some of that too because I'm not, definitely not an expert in that area um so looking through quotes like there's some really brilliant ones that yeah like just really for me show how much Zayden knows her and sees her and sees her potential and potentially who knows because he's been with her forever and they've erased I don't know but things that he says like when she says I'm just I'm not as strong as other writers and Zayden says I know exactly who and what you are Violet Sorengale like so good but the one I really really want to share so we the fourth wing is written in Violet's point of view until the last chapter when she's unconscious, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I think he says this towards the end. Um, so he says, I think this is when she's woken up. Oh, I need the book. You still love me. It's possible. Gods, do I ache to kiss her to remind her exactly what we are together, but I won't, not until she asks. I'm not afraid of hard work, especially not when I know just how sweet the rewards are. 
I would rather lose this entire war than live without you. And if that means I have to prove myself over and over, then I'll do it. You gave me your heart and I'm keeping it. She already owns mine, even if she doesn't realize it. Yes. We've used that, a part of that line in one of the other. Have we? Um, yeah, earlier. Well, it must be a great line. It's so a great line. I think we um, used it in like maybe episode four, but it was oh, just like a little bit. I would rather lose this entire war than live without you. Yeah. And even if I, didn't have to but I love that whole <clears throat> section. Yeah. Section. Also, I think that you have bonus chapters in the printed book, don't you? I have what, sorry? You have bonus chapters in the printed books? No, I don't oh. think so. They are bonus chapters. I don't have them on Kindle. Right. Do I, need them? Do I need them? Well, you can find them on TikTok. People have just photographed them. Um, they're not anything crazy. They're just like a few extra chapters from Zayden's point of view. Yeah. I love this line too. I can't remember who says it. Maybe Liam, maybe Garrick. I don't know. He, he One of them says, he cares for you. That's already hard enough for him. And she says, he cares about keeping me alive. There's a difference. And then he says, no, not for him there isn't. Like that's the level of like need and love and fatedness is just freaking hot. So anyway, we could go on and on. Go and have a look at some quotes. Do a little reread to get excited about it if you've read it before like Magella did. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we'll be doing an Iron Flame episode soon, very soon. I'm feeling it in my bones. That Great. I'll happen. do a little reread. Just once you once you're close, I'll do a little risk. Yeah, through the key. Yeah. Okay. As long as it doesn't put you too much into a depressing <laughs> life. <laughs> no, no. It like I think it's just that um, it's also the ending of the book of any book when there's no resolution as well. So it's yeah. it's kind of like not necessarily like a, a despair that. <clears throat> The book, it's like a different kind of despair. Like at the end of Kingdom of Ash, which is the final of the Throne of Glass series, there's a feeling of it's ended yeah. and that in itself is a grief because there's no more books, there's nowhere else to go with those characters. Um, mm -hmm. And also in Kingdom of Ash, like there was some things that were just incredibly sad. Um but in the middle of a series, it's like if you're – what book are you up to now in Throne of Glass? Um, the next one I have is Air of Fire. Air of Fire. So it's like at the end of Air of Fire, if you were like, oh, like this this thing hasn't been resolved. Yeah, totally. This person, did they make it? Why is that person so evil? Like there's this kind of grieving of um, any kind of um, – sort of inner peace like yeah totally get it. <laughs> where you're just like oh okay I know where everyone yeah. is lives are sorted you know I can grieve that sad thing but I also know that because that's the beauty of the romanticity is that there is usually 99% of the time there is a happy ending yes yes you know, there is a beautiful well you've only got what, 12 months till you get the next installment <laughs> And it's going to be another 12 months after that or longer because I feel like each book will get more complicated as well. Like the worlds become more intricate. Yeah. <clears throat> my, friend, my friend who finished Iron Flame this week was like, when's the next one? Like curiously, just innocently, when's the next one? I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to tell her that 
it's going to be at least 12 months, mate. Like she was, I was like, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, totally get that. All right. So Iron Flame episode will be coming soon. We would love to hear what you thought about our deep dive part two into the fourth wing and also just what you thought about the book and where you're at with it and the characters you love. Like please converse with us on all of our platforms, on TikTok, on Instagram, um, and in, you know, in our comments and reviews on our podcast platforms we would love for you to review leave a review like we're episode 10 here like we're really excited to keep doing these um but you following and reviewing and liking really gives us you know some great encouragement that we're we're with our people and we're doing okay okay beautiful anything else Magella? we'll wrap it up yeah i think that's all for this week we've got books to read and uh, and human lives to lead Yep. Mainly books to read. So <laughs> full-time job. <laughs> All right, my love. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Please pay us to read. Oh my God. Yes. We're waiting for that day. All right. Thanks, Magella. Thanks, Carly. See, See you next later. time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you felt like you were eavesdropping on a conversation that you have been dying to have with someone to discuss all the tiny details and possible plot twists of the books that you've recently read. Perhaps you don't have someone to chat to after you finish one of those epic books, so please give the show a follow, and we would be honoured to be your book-obsessed friends. But mostly, though, we hope it was fun. It gave you a giggle, it made you gasp, or encouraged you to pick up a different author. Please share it with someone who you think would also love it, and drop us a review, letting us know what you loved and what you want to hear from us in the future. We will be back with another episode soon. Happy reading.